Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with the University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from Macomb, Illinois. And we have got a great show for you today. We are going to be talking about getting ready for the fall vegetable garden and what we have to do to get prepared because it might be the middle of summer, but baby, we got to get going right now on this stuff. So we'll talk all about that. And you know, I'm not doing this by myself. I'm joined as always every single week by horticulture educator, Ken Johnson in Jacksonville. Hey, Ken. Hello, Chris. I'm already behind on my fall garden. Me too. Yes. Especially as we were chatting before the show started and you're like, oh, we already have to get this stuff in the ground. I'm like, well, I don't even have my seed ordered yet for certain things. So, uh, definitely behind the the eight ball as usual but i i feel like i'm i'm more prepared this year than i have been for a long time um but we'll get into how that's going to pan out here in just a bit um but before we dive into our fall vegetable gardening let's get an update of how's our summer garden going so far this year uh and, and since you've you've been on vacation for several uh weeks ken how did it fair as you were gone we had a uh, severe case of vacation blight <laughs> come through oh no <laughs> what chemical can you spray for that <laughs> h2o uh, yeah that pretty much <laughs> <laughs> so our uh, our green beans are looking pretty good we did uh we're growing black beans so i just kind of sit there and let them do their thing and pretty much all of our artichoke and cardoons died um Celery looks pretty good. We're growing some of the pink celery. Mm -hmm. I had some of that. It's very celery tasting. So if you don't like celery, it's probably not going to be one for you. No. Well, actually, our neighbor, she gave me some pink celery, too. Um, But when we went over to their house a few weeks ago, we noticed kind of a way to get some of that celery flavor, but not overpowering. She picks the leaves, actually, and then she dries them. And then crushes them like you would with like dried basil or oregano or something. And she adds that in the stuff. And she said it's not as powerful as the, the, that stalk of mm-hmm. celery. So that, give that a try if it's too too much celery for you. And I don't know if you like need to, to blanch it before you pick it. or I think they, or, I, I'm not sure. I'd have to check. As I know she put it uh, into a, some type of dehydrator which for me would be an oven uh, set to low, but that, that's about all I would uh, be able to do. But I think they're going to crush it and just throw it in an empty spice bottle and just use it until it runs out till the, yeah, for yeah. the winter. Sorry, salt almost. Yep. The, yep. Without the salt. Exactly. That's, like, that's exactly what it is. Celery <laughs> salt without the salt. Yeah. So, right. Pink celery, very celery-like. Uh, what else? Did you grow rice again this year? How, how'd that go? We grew rice, but it took so long to get it out. It was looking pretty crummy when we put it. We've got a few here and there that look okay, but not doing all that great. So the next year, I think we're going to push that planting seeding date back uh, a little bit in case we get into another spring where it's we just can't get it out because it's too cool and and stuff. Uh, corn is pretty patchy. Um, I was going to, I did save some corn smut fungus from last year nice put it in the free, put it in the freezer i don't know if that's the way you're supposed to store it or not um then when we were on vacation we lost power and when we were cleaning the freezer out i got tossed so i didn't get to inoculate oh, my corn 
<laughs> and that was and that was kind of patchy coming up. So it's it's been a bit of a disappointment this year, but we've still got black beans and some corn. Uh, we should, corn should be able to pick here in probably next week or two. We got to plant it a little bit later than normal. Uh, pumpkins now, look pretty good. Okay, so. pumpkins. So that's something we can look forward to later on. So that's good. Now you, we kind of made a big deal about shizo when we talked about this in the spring. Uh, yeah, you can, you can, listeners, viewers can go back in time to to that episode. We'll leave a, a, a link in the, the the linky description thing that we we use. But shizo, uh, uh, remind us again, what is shizo and how'd that fare this year, Ken? So it is it is an herb. Um, I couldn't tell you what it tastes like because. Did I have any success with it this year? Uh, <laughs> we tried some early in the year. We've got some arrow gardens. Tried it in there. It came up and then died. Um, didn't have any room for it to, <clears throat> to do seedlings. We just ran out of space, so I direct seeded some. It got really dry and never came up. Uh, and I have not tried again. Maybe I'll do that this fall. I don't know if I'll have enough time, but if not, try again next year. You gotta yeah. try a couple times before I completely give up on it. That's right. That's right. You got three strike rule. Yeah. Maybe by September, October, I'll be able to report back, but don't hold your breath for that one. Hey, I won't. I'm not. <laughs> although I was so we were so like Shizo, what an interesting herb to be growing. So we're uh well not this fall, next year. Eventually, at some mm-hmm. point. I will get find, it to grow. We'll find it at the grocery store. <laughs> how's your vegetable garden doing we really scaled back quite a bit this year you know we decided we're not going to do tomatoes we we kind of where our rotation is limited and so we we had to really pick and choose uh what to grow um so we kind of took everything out of the ground this year after being in the ground for a few years um because we really only have like one spot (laughs) in the ground that we can grow in and we did uh, stuff in containers this year. So didn't do tomatoes. Uh, we didn't do peppers, but we did a lot of potatoes in bags. And we did onions. I uh, did a few onions in the ground. Um, got the celery in the ground, as I mentioned. And, um, and, and, and we had our parsnips that were held over from last fall. But otherwise, that, that's about all that, that we did. Now, in terms of our onions... Uh, it's very healthy onion crop. I think the instructions said, you know, provide two to three inches of water per week. They definitely did not get that, and they grew just fine. Uh, so maybe the dry weather uh, helped a little bit with the uh, bulb development there. Um, got near perfect onion bulbs, and I, I'm not sure what to tell you about potatoes. I'm pretty sure I have a potato with some disease, um, some type of some problem. There's this one bag, the sprouts will come up and it'll immediately wilt and die back. Um, and so I am keeping, I'm happy it's not in the ground and I'm keeping that one separate from the others. And I'm kind of curious to dig that up here. Uh, but the potatoes have all started to die back, which means we could harvest now if we really wanted to. Um, we'd get some smaller potatoes, a few larger ones, but for the most part, I'm probably gonna wait a little bit longer. And um, uh, otherwise, I'm just growing ginger and turmeric like a crazy person still. Um, and that's doing just fine this year. 
Definitely noticed uh, a difference between the stuff growing in full sun. So ginger in full sun is definitely more stunted than the ones that we have in the shade of the of the yard. And so becoming more and more convinced that it might not necessarily be a full sun crop for us here in Illinois, but still trying to figure that out. Yeah, say for onions, we had a very good onion year. That's almost the size of a softball. Hmm. Um, yeah, garlic was good. But potatoes, they started dying back, started digging them. Absolutely nothing. Oh, you got no potatoes this year. Well, now I'm nervous. Maybe I need to start. <laughs> no, I, I just top dressed my potatoes or I I, uh, I I hilled my potatoes just a couple days ago because the tubers started popping out of the ground. So I think I got growth. But were you growing in the ground for your potatoes? In raised beds. Raised beds. Okay. So it was kind of close to my containers. Um, we're growing in, in just a pure artificial potting mix. Uh, I mended it with a little bit of compost and some slow release. But, well, I definitely know one potato bag is not going to look so good this year. Yeah, we've grown potatoes in this bed in the past, and I'm wondering if we didn't have something in the soil or something got in, so that may be a no potatoes for foreseeable future in that. Yeah. In those raised beds may have to go back to in ground. And the other thing that I've heard about um, tomatoes is that I think related maybe more towards the drought is that our tomatoes have been later this year than normal. Usually like at the farmer's market, you'll have uh, growers with tomatoes that first week of July. Um, and I'll definitely say now that we are in the first week of August, finally getting red tomatoes uh, appearing at least on the plants here at our, our food donation garden here in um, Macomb, where we're at. That seems a little bit later than normal. Have you experienced kind of late tomatoes this year? Yeah, so the garden we've got with that we're doing with some of the kids from the YMCA, finally starting to get tomatoes and with, with last week and the week before being so hot. Didn't get a lot of coloring. Um, well, looks like they are starting to get a little bit of color in them. But I'm interested to see in you know a week or two are we going to have a gap there? Mm -hmm. We have the real hot temperatures. I would be surprised if a lot of those flowers got aborted. We've got a a gap uh, in production there because of that. Yeah, yeah. We were setting heat records last week um, in the hundreds, and I think Macomb set its own heat index record. It was like 125 heat index in Macomb. That was also the same day that I decided to help out a friend and 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 move some Russian sage for them. Don't do that when it's 125 degrees outside. You will not feel well afterwards. So, and neither will the plants. <laughs> yeah, we've got lots of plants and pots. We have not put it in the ground yet because because it's been so hot. Well, I I will say one more thing that I will talk about with the summer garden is what we're doing. This is our food donation garden. The green rectangles are our, our garden beds. And so probably after we're done recording this podcast, I'm going to head out and we're going to make sure to mark where we have each crop for this year. Uh, we did have some disease issues pop up with our tomatoes and peppers. Uh, looks like maybe some early blight, um, possibly um, and definitely some bacterial um, uh, spot which actually submitted a sample to our U of I plant clinic and they confirmed that. Um, and we think we have cutworm and, but we, we never saw them. So um, we tried digging around, never found anything, but that's another key thing I think uh, is, is marking where you have 
planted crops this year because I always say I'll remember and I never do remember. So making sure that you're 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 cataloging where everything was so the next year you can rotate your crops and try to break some disease cycles. Yes. Or if you're planting a full garden, don't follow up. Yes. Necessarily. With the same family, uh, per se. Um, speaking of fall gardens, Ken, that's the topic of the day. Now that we've finally gotten out of the summer garden. Um, so planning a fall garden, I have my plan is while we record today, I am going to start seeding some some cell packs. They're already they already have potting mix in them um, because I normally don't do this until like September. Because I'm that, and just so you know, that's way, way too late. Um, but I still give it a try. But if I do it today, I, I I might be ahead of the game, at least with some crops. But Ken, are there any what crops would you say some of your go-tos for the fall? Um, well, I'd say pretty much anything you're growing in the spring. Uh, for the most part, you can grow in the fall. Uh, so what we usually do, we usually do carrots and lettuce are the two biggies uh, that we do mainly because we're usually late and lettuce is pretty quick. Carrots, you can hold over a little bit longer. Um, they can take some frost and still do fairly well. Uh, but you can do things like beets. Uh, this year with peas, we held some of our peas back, seeds back, so we can plant them again this fall. Um, we've got some that are only 30 to 50 days. So we may be able to do maybe even a couple plantings of those. Um, you could do broccoli and um, cabbage and um, cauliflower and all that stuff. With those, you want to use transplants, though, and we're, at least here in Jacksonville, I've never seen transplants for those for sale, really anywhere I've lived. I've never really seen them for sale in the fall, those transplants. So typically, we got to make those ourselves, and you want to seed those, I think, early early July, uh, usually. So we're, if you haven't done started your seeds yet, you're probably going to be too late, but if you've got extra seeds and you want to try, you're not going to hurt anything. Yeah, what if you have seeds and hope? Like, just <laughs> hope that they'll do something. Go for it. Because that stuff can, especially broccoli and stuff, they can handle a frost mm -hmm. um, and not get killed. So if we get if we get lucky, we get a mild fall, early winter, you may be able to get something. But I wouldn't get your hopes up necessarily if you haven't started seeds yet. Um, or if you can get seeds, to look for something that's got a fairly quick maturity. Um, you don't necessarily want a long season one if you haven't started seeds yet. Uh, and with a lot of these these crops, you know they they like cool weather, and since they're harvest, they're they're going to be maturing in the in the cooler weather of the fall. Um, a lot of times, the, people say they taste better. You think about when we're doing them in the spring; they start off in the cool weather. But by the time we get to harvest, it's getting hot, and that's not ideal for them. So. And some of them, carrots and, and broccoli and stuff, if you get a light, light frost, a lot of times they taste a little bit sweeter. The sugars get a little more concentrated. Um, so they, they taste better too. Well, I, I have a red Russian kale that I'm going to be seeding right now. And I normally prefer the green kale, you know, star boar, winter boar, one of those types. I, I find that that green kale holds up a little bit better, I think, to some of the cold, the frost. Um, but all I have today is red Russian. And that is kind of a good point here to make that if you want to do a fall garden, 
now or two weeks ago is the time to order your seeds. Um, and so I've got my red Russian kale now planted in a six pack. And um, next thing to do is to label that six pack. So I'll I'll show you listeners, not listeners, viewers, listeners, you're just going to have to listen to what and imagine what I'm doing here right now. Um, so there's a lot of different ways we can label these six packs. Um, you can use popsicle sticks, which is what this is, just right on them with a marker. You even have your fancy, like real plant tag labels. You can use marker or pencil or pen. I um, have a, a little hack that I use. I have window blinds. So these are window blinds that I have right here. And they're just white window blinds. And I just cut a little spear like this. And I take my marker right here and I write on my window blind, red Russian kale. And just so you know, this works really well if you're doing stuff inside. Window blinds don't last very long outside and they'll actually start to fall apart in the garden um, within about, a, about two months. So just be mindful of that. This works great though for starting seed inside. You got an old window blinds that you're going to get rid of. So when I do seeds, I usually put the date I started them to. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that sometimes they're out of sight, out of mind, and I come back a few weeks later. And so I have an idea of whether or not I should be concerned that they haven't come up yet or if I still have time. Yes. To wait. Yeah. So you got Red Russian. And I got my date, August 1st on here. And Ken, I'm, I'm going to have something this fall now. I, I at least got one <laughs> six cell pack planted. I also have some mystery seeds. They're just in this cup. I don't know what they are. I'm going to put one mystery seed. Uh, I'm going to plant one a mystery seed. I'm pretty sure it is salad, Salanova lettuce um, because I normally order the pelletized seed, and that's what this is. These are pelletized lettuce seeds, and it's pelleted so that you can use something like a seed plate, like what this is for a seeder, and these little... Um, grooves they just pick up the seed as it spins and it just drops it into a, a furrow that's created by your cedar but i like these because i can pick up this lettuce seed very easily with my fingers um however again you mentioned carrots i also have pelletized carrots as well and i have my own uh pelletized carrot seed plate here somewhere here it is right here so after this show after we're done recording I am going to go seed some carrots. Promise that it's going to happen this year. And if you don't want to do pellets, you can also get <laughs> seed tape for stuff that you can buy. Uh, so it's basically you know, kind of like tissue paper that those seeds are in. Um, and they're not evenly spaced and you just kind of tear that tape and bury it in the ground. You can also do it yourself. Use like a paper towel or toilet paper, a little... Mm -hmm. um, white glue, Elmer's glue. Don't go too crazy with it. And completely smother your seed just a little bit, stick it to the paper towel, the toilet paper, and then bury that. I, I'd say carrots are some of the hardest ones. I, I in the past, to germinate. Um, it's because they're so finely seeded if they're not pelletized. Um, and then they they really need to stay kind of this, this like damp surface of that soil. It just needs to stay... A little bit wet all the time. Too wet, take, no rot. <laughs> and they take a long time to yes. come up, too. If you get any kind of crusting, they don't like it. And 
So I've heard a lot of people well plant, weeds. Yeah, plant radishes with them to help keep that crusting down. Mm -hmm. Well, one more thing that I know I, I definitely want to plant in my, my last cell pack here, because I've never done this indoors, is spinach. Have you ever started spinach inside, Ken? I think we've always direct seeded. Okay. I don't remember ever starting it inside. I've, I've always direct seeded as well. But as hot as it's been, I don't think it's going to germinate because spinach does kind of need a little bit of a cooler soil temperature to germinate. So I'm going to try to do this inside in the basement. Hopefully it'll be cool enough. We'll get some germination and um, I'm going to seed uh, the variety space, uh, which is just a kind of a leaf spinach here. And it stands up pretty upright for cutting. Um, so I'm going to try that one this year. I've heard of success that people have had seeding spinach inside. And so hopefully we'll have the same amount of success this year. And then, then of course, I, um, the one that we can't do indoors though is turnips. And so I have the Hakurii turnips, uh, which is a white turnip. And I again have a seed plate for that, which I will use to just seed that directly into the garden. Um, that's probably one of my favorite ones to grow. And it's probably one of my kids' favorite thing to pick out of the garden. They love pulling those things out of the garden. They're like these white golf balls that come out of the garden. Need to get a uh, cedar. I love my cedar. Uh -huh. We used it to do cover crops um, in one garden this, this summer. Uh, it didn't work out the fact that it didn't rain for like two months after we did that. So there's a lot of weeds, but we did get some, a cover crop of sunflowers, sun hemp and cow peas to germinate. And, um, and so, yeah, well, you can check that out, but Hey, oh, that reminds me. That's another thing that we can plant right now is a fall cover crop uh, in our gardens. And so that, that would be another good thing to consider. So I usually do a, um, <clears throat> A cereal rye with some uh, tillage radish, daikon radish. Usually throw in some red clover in there too, just for the heck of it usually. And a lot of times when we have a much more productive um, garden in the summer, uh, I get in a little bit late, so I don't get the best. The rye is usually pretty good, but a lot of the, um, the radish, I uh, don't get it in very well because I don't get the ground tilled up and all that well because I'm trying to do it around plants and and stuff. And this year I've got a tremendous amount of tillage radish coming up in our garden that didn't germinate last fall. <laughs> um, but this year, hopefully, I'll be able to do that. Uh, get that in a little bit better now that I don't have as many plants to 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 travel around and, and get mm -hmm. stuff. So I need to order that seed too here. Yeah. We I know I have a bag of tillage radish seed here. Um, one of my favorite fall cover crops is going to be oats and peas. Uh, it, it grows really well and it'll tolerate the first couple frosts, but once we get that hard freeze, it will die completely. And uh, I, I don't have to worry about terminating it like you would with the cereal rye or, or with, um, you know, any kind of the, that the clover. Clover, yeah. yeah. That that would be persistent. Um, but the um, the peas and the oats, that winter kills gives me a nice cover of mulch for the winter and early spring, and eventually it just decomposes back into the soil. Yeah, that is something to do if you're gonna do that, um, rye cover crop, 
you've got to terminate that um, spring at some point. I usually wait until it starts heading out um, and then crimp it. If that doesn't work, I go in with and spray it. Uh, just to make sure I get everything killed off. And I've still got that in my garden as a mulch. Uh, but the only thing popping up are uh, oak trees that the squirrels have planted. So I don't really have a whole lot of weeds other than oak trees and those tillage radish that popped yeah. up where I planted um, stuff that died and now they've taken over. So. Mm-hmm. Future podcast episode, Ken. Woody weeds popping up in the garden. <laughs> I got mulberries everywhere. Um, those things are not as easy to pull up uh, once they get just like two weeks in the ground. All of a sudden, you, you can't pull them out. Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple that have about 10, 15 trunks coming up because I keep pulling them and I don't get the roots out and just mm-hmm. keeps re-sprouting. Yep. Oh, mulberry. Um, <laughs> well, another thing which... I thought this year I was well ahead of the game. I was going to order it today. I go to my trusty dusty website to order my garlic. It's all sold out. Um, So Ken, you and I, we were hunting before the show. Like, where can we find garlic? You can find it, but a lot of websites have a lot of sold out signs over their garlic. Um, Feels like it's selling out quicker and quicker every single year. Um, but I, I would say if you have not ordered garlic, um, do it right now. And, and and Ken, what type of garlic do we grow here in, in old Illinois? Uh, usually your hard neck is going to be your best bet. That's a little more cold hardy. Uh, I have tried growing soft neck a few times. I've got had decent success. I don't get nearly as many coming up and surviving as I do with the hard neck. Uh, so that hard neck is... It's probably going to be the way to go. If you're in far southern Illinois, you may be able to get away with soft neck a little more, but further north you get hard neck. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I would say we've done a couple trials here in Illinois. And for the most part, a lot of those, um, some of those porcelain types uh, do well. Uh, namely, I think music is the is the cultivar variety that stands out uh, among at least central Illinois growers. Um, but there's also a, a few of those other porcelain or the kind that has like the, the purple, um, streaking to it. Um, those, uh, those types typically do better here in Illinois. Um, but in most of the trials, at least that I've seen music is usually the top performer, but good luck finding it. <laughs> We're going to buy it all. Yes. I have the music. And that's something we want to plant in October. And then we would harvest that, harvested mine a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's when you got to have a space and that's going to be there for a little bit. Yeah. And everything was a little bit early this year, I, I feel like. And so um, our garlic, I think we harvested it almost a month ago. And we have it cured and it's stored inside. And I think at least with the hardneck, it, our hardneck, in the past has stored almost throughout the entire winter um, the stuff that we had been used for cooking. Um, and we, we keep those in like a mesh bag. Oh, I got one. So we, we store a lot of our, our bulbs and things like that in these mesh bags. Um, this is just, just kind of like 
what you might get maybe at the grocery store that might have potatoes in it. Um, but it's got a drawstring at the top and we just hang that stuff up in our basement. And it does a really good job storing things. You do have to be careful with stuff drying out though, uh, especially if you have a dry house in the wintertime. Yeah, we also put ours in the basement. I've just got a tray. We've got a screen bottom on uh, that they sit in. And yeah, I think ours lasted till about May-ish. Uh, then the stuff we did have left started getting a little dried out and wasn't all that great. But considering we picked that in July. Yeah. You know, what, 10, 10 months mm -hmm. for some that, of it. That's pretty good storage. Yeah, we had we had cloves that would maybe in a whole bulb, two or three cloves would rot, or we'd have a whole bulb just start sprouting. Um, yeah, we, we, had that too. <laughs> we have leaves coming out of our bag. Yeah. So Ken, we've talked about what we can grow, making sure that you go track down some garlic somewhere. Um, and we've, we've talked about this already about, you know, what can be started in the ground, what can be started inside. Um, and your preference, I think, for fall gardening, you do most of it outside, right? Yeah, so our seed starting, yeah, we we do everything um, track seed. Mm -hmm. um, I think you usually do lettuce in pot, start that inside, don't you? Yeah. So yep. I've, I've always done lettuce. I've never started inside. Um, I need to try, but. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, a I wild world, seed. yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. The, I will say starting lettuce inside, it. it you get these like beautiful, perfect, you know, starts to your lettuce. But the problem is when you do this indoor start seed starting and then you transplant outside that hardening off period and plants are just going to look awful for a while. Sometimes they don't survive that stress. But when you do like like what you are doing, starting direct seed out in the garden, you don't have that problem. They, they emerge and they got to get tough right away. Yeah, you do have to do usually a little more thinning, uh, which I am not very good about. <laughs> Sometimes I've got, you know, usually, especially if the kids are helping 10 lettuce plants in a square inch area that don't get thin soon enough. But that is something to keep in mind, especially if you don't have that pelleted seed or that tape. You're just sprinkling by hand. There's there's going to be some thinning that you've got to do for, for anything, really. I mean, especially your small seed and stuff, your lettuce, um, carrots, all of that. So Ken, why can't we begin our fall garden in the fall? I mean, it's middle of summer. We're just starting to get tomatoes. Why, <laughs> why should we start planting stuff for September, October, November? Because uh, that's really when we, we want to harvest that stuff. You know, we start our seeds, put our plants outside September. You know, if it's got 50 days until harvest, you're in November. We probably had a couple of hard frosts by then. And there's a good chance your plants aren't gonna make it. And if they do, as those days get shorter, they're gonna start growing. They're not gonna grow as much as those days get shorter. So we need to extend that that growing season out about a little more, probably a week or two. So if it's you know 50 days to harvest, you may be looking at more 55, 60 days because of those shorter days, um, a little cooler temperatures, and they're not gonna grow as fast either. So I think the usual kind of rule of thumb is add a week or two, probably or 10 to 10 days to two weeks onto your kind of your days to harvest uh, to factor in that, that fall so to speak fall factor of those shortening days and stuff so if it's 50 days you want to count back 50 days from your 
your first frost, add another week or two. And that's really when you want to think about planting. And, and some of this stuff can get through a frost, but we just kind of use that first frost as a, as a general guideline. Well, and, and some of these things can get through not only the frost, but they can get through the winter, like spinach and carrots. If, if you protect them, if you keep the snow off of them, you could harvest them in January, really, if you wanted to on a on a warmer winter day, probably above freezing. Um, but to, to do that, you would need some type of season extension device, whether that's a cold frame or a low tunnel, or if you got one, a high tunnel um, or a greenhouse, something like that. But um, carrots and spinach, things like that, they they're pretty tough when it comes to that cold weather. Um, but if folks are interested more in learning about that season extension, we do have a couple of resources that we can put links down below. I think even one of me shows you how to build a low tunnel um, and how you can bend your own metal pipe and just use that and, and stretch some um, greenhouse plastic, just as a poly UV stabilized plastic over top so that the, the UV light doesn't break it down. I don't go to the hardware store and buy plastic drop cloth because that stuff will disintegrate in the sunlight so don't do that and, and if you don't want to go quite as far as building the low tunnel and stuff um, if you've got old sheets you can put those out and that'll capture some heat um, if we've got a real hard frost a hard frost coming and you've got stuff that may or may not make it uh, put that over there and that may capture enough heat that you're not going to kill your crop and extend that season maybe another week or two for you so ken when we are are done for the day here, there's one. Let's say there's one thing you're allowed to plant for the the garden. Um, your wife says uh, we're done gardening. I'll let you plant one thing. What would that one cool season fall garden crop be? Well, this year probably be lettuce because we have a lot of lettuce seed left over. I don't want mm -hmm. it to go to waste. Um, <laughs> normally carrots. Um, I think there's a after having carrot, a few carrots um, in years past that we've had in the picked in the fall, there is a a noticeable difference between your summer harvested and your fall harvested carrots. How much sweeter uh, they are! It's it's almost night and day mm -hmm. uh, between those two. Yeah, I, they call them candy carrots that because of the they produce so much more sugar. It's kind of their antifreeze for the the cold weather. Um, yeah, the, the candy carrots. That's that that's a good choice. I like that. How about you? I, I got to stick with my old hakuri uh, turnips, because um, if I don't bring those to the Thanksgiving meal, I'm in trouble. It's become a staple in the household now. Um, but I probably one of my favorite things because you can roast them, you can saute them, bake them, uh, and they mix really good with other root vegetables. So I'll often toss them in with potatoes or sweet potatoes, um, onion, things like that. And so that they mix really good with a lot of different things and they they're not as spicy hot as you might think of some turnips might be they do have a little bit of heat sometimes um but they get really sweet when you cook them that does that starch converts to sugar and it gets really really sweet try those next year i'll bring a pack down to you next time i see you ken <laughs> a couple right. weeks you can try them yourself grow them up against your house They'll, they should survive probably until maybe end of November, depending on our fall. Well, that was a lot of great information about fall gardening, and I have got a lot more planting to do. I have this, this tray here that, that needs to get some, some soil and some seed into it. Which one will I choose? Probably going to be more lettuce. 
Uh, can't go wrong with that in our household, at least. Well, the Good Growing Podcast is a production of University of Illinois Extension, edited this week by me, Chris Enroth. A special thanks to Ken Johnson for hanging out with me today, chatting about summer gardening and the upcoming fall garden. Ken, good luck this year in fall garden. Thanks. You too. Get that garlic ordered. I'll find it somewhere, yes. <laughs> no, let's do this again next week. Oh, we shall do this again next week. Talk about fall gardening. We're going to talk about fall flowering plants. So the other half of the landscape. Uh, what are some fall flowering plants that we can think of um, for your landscape here in Illinois? So listeners, thank you for doing what you do best, and that is listening. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, watching. And as always, keep on growing.